All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. We are back for episode a lot, episode 13, I think, I think 15, 14, 14, or 15. <laughs> I really should start keeping track here or at least have Spotify open or something. But either way, welcome back to uh, to literally me. 15, 15? Yep. Yep. Jeez. All right. Episode 15. Welcome back. Uh, good to be back again. We've been doing this a little bit more uh, consistently. Back with my boy Dino uh all the way in germany and uh we're excited to talk some movies excited to talk very about this excited. one very excited about this one and just to talk about it with you because it's a very interesting film yes and we have a lot to discuss here a lot to we do yeah and for those uh, who are unaware or can't read the uh spotify title of the episode today's episode is on the heartbreak kid not the ben stiller remake unfortunately it is the uh original from Elaine May with Sybil Shepherd and Charles Grodin. But before we get into that, Dino, I got to know, have you seen anything dope this week? I did watch a couple of things. Let me just pull up my letterbox as always. But I did watch some, some great films. Okay. So I rewatched the Mission Impossible. Well, I watched Rogue Nation and Fallout because I saw that reckoning part one in theaters two days mm. ago, three days ago. Okay. Absolute banger. Uh, Absolute. So I've heard. Tom Cruise is insane. That man is just, I mean, I don't know what they're giving him, like whatever they give him to, <laughs> to stay young and do these things, because how the fuck is he that old doing this kind of crazy shit? It's wild. Is he? It's crazy. Is he... Is he just like jumping out of planes through the sky? Just he's well for the next one, he's hanging on a plane. For this one, he jumped off a mountain with a motor across. Oh my god. And then pulled his parachute and landed on a train. And he's actually doing this, they say, he's, right? He's like he's doing actually this. doing that. Yeah. Well, he didn't land on the train, but he yeah. jumped off a cliff on a motorcycle. And pull the parachute. And pull the parachute. Still very impressive. I'm not. I'm not launching off a off at, a cliff on a motorbike. At his age, how how old is he? Like sixty, probably. He's fifty something. Okay. Yeah. That's uh. That's insane. That is that absolutely is, insane. Well, he really. I mean, he just tries to kill himself every film, he, and it's he, a joy to watch. I'm I kind of want to check it. I'm not a big Mission Impossible fan to be mm -hmm. to be real. Um I remember seeing Ghost Ghost Protocol. Ghost Protocol, yeah. I remember seeing that one in theaters, but I I don't know that I even saw all like the previous 3 or 4 or however many there were prior to that. But I kind of want to go through just just to support Tom because he really is like the ultimate action star, right? Yeah. Like there's no one else. Nope. He is a legend and I'm so thankful to be alive in this time right now to witness what he's doing. I mean, he's going to space soon yeah. to shoot an action scene in space. Actually? This, for what actually, movie? Actually, yeah. It's not announced which movie, but it's one with uh, Top with Gun Clary. 3. Top Gun 3. <laughs> Maybe they're going to space. But yeah, with the Mission Impossible director, Christopher McQuarrie. Oh, I think cool. So they have a special, they have one musical they want to do soon. Together? Together, yes. Ooh. And they're doing 
well, doing one more mission possible and then they're going to space. to space. He's going as well. So the director and Tom Cruise are going to space and shooting an action scene sequence. Yeah, Tom Cruise is the fucking man, dude. I, I, I'm going to get on this. I, I'm not going to sleep on uh, Mission Impossible any longer. Please do. I think you, you're going to like the first one. It's directed by Brian De Palma. Yes, yes. It's the only, one of the few De Palma films I don't think I've seen. I maybe I probably have caught it on TV. I'm guessing as a kid maybe. I had to have, but yep. I don't remember anything about it apart from the music. Check it out. The second one I don't like that much. The third one is then J.J. Abrams. Okay. Who directs he, the second one? Isn't it John it Woo? Was John Woo, yes. Oh, our boy from Hard Target. Yep. I don't like that one, to be honest. Okay. Not a big fan of that one. But then with the third one, it gets back on track and... J.J. Abrams definitely pushes it in the direction that it's going, that it went. Is Ghost Protocol the fourth one? That's the fourth one, directed okay. by um, the guy who did Incredibles. What's his name? Oh, Brad I don't Bird. know who directed that movie. Brad Bird. Okay. He also did The Iron Giant. Oh, okay. Yeah. He's, he's, I mean, I like him, and that movie is, is very good. But then after McQuarrie takes over, I mean, he rewrote the fourth one because they were trying to get tom cruise out of there they had jeremy mm, Renner, okay. and they wanted him to take over and then mcquarrie took over to rewrite it and then he noticed the movie doesn't work because they were just constantly trying to write out tom cruise for the future ones i see so he changed it it was a huge success and then he got to direct rogue nation which there he's on the side of a plane and all kinds I'm, of i'm looking yeah. through some now that was the follow-up to ghost protocol yep and that's where it like really gets going and then there comes fallout afterwards which is the one of the best action movies ever made that's crazy i'm looking through the letterbox like i'm going through each one that's on there mm -hmm. and it literally each rating apart from of like mission impossible 2 actually Yep. drastically drops compared to number one but mm -hmm. every one like one three four they each go higher the rating yep. yep would you say each movie gets better they get better each time they get wow. crazier and just the stuff he does it's insane it's just so would, would you say fallout, this new one's your favorite it's the tough one because fallout and the new one are both just top notch i gave them both five stars okay they're okay. insane they're some of the best action movies ever made and there's a scene i don't know if you have you played uncharted 2 or like at least no seen no i don't there's a train sequence in the beginning and this one i don't know if it was directly inspired by it because i'm not sure if the writers and the director play video games but it mm -hmm. feels like it's inspired from that and it's just one of the best action scenes ever from someone that I saw a review at a friend on Letterboxd said that like it might have the best like train scene of yeah. any film just like in history. 100%. Wild. That's 100%. insane. So and is this new one your favorite of all of them? It's a tough one. It's between Fallout and that one. Okay. But this new one, I'm not kidding, especially with the train sequence, I was just sitting there and I couldn't close my mouth. Damn, I'm gonna get into it. I'm a, I'm gonna get into some Mission Impossible this week. Please You're gonna see do. on the letterbox. Please do. We gotta talk about it. I would love <laughs> to hear your thoughts. Damn, that's dope, though.
Um, yep. Shout out to Tom Cruise, a big, shout big, out uh, to Tom Cruise. the legend. biggest action star in the world, legend. And you see anything Hell. else cool? Speaking of trains, before watching that Reckoning Part One, I watched a movie that the director said inspired the train sequence. Okay. And that is the Buster Keaton film, The General. The General. Have you ever seen that one? I think they showed it to us in like a film class, like my first year of college. Mm -hmm. I think um, I've certainly seen like all like the like the very famous like sequences and whatnot mm -hmm. in there. But yeah, I, I'm due for a rewatch for sure. It's a banger. It's another five out of five stars. And funny enough, I watched both at the same day. Oh, really? Bangers. Two five out of five on the same did, day which was did you run it um did you run um the general after seeing mission possible or did you before first? before, before because, yeah because i had some time to kill and then i saw that the director said that it was they were heavily inspired by it cool and he wanted to do a train sequence because of that film so i thought why not check it out and it's so good seriously like i don't know how but buster keaton was that generation's Tom Cruise. He was the go. Did so many. I mean, that was actually moving train. He died. He almost died multiple times during oh, film. Yeah. Dude, there's so many like great Buster Keaton like bits. And I forget mm -hmm. which it, I don't think it's from the general, but the one with the big building that falls down and he's like in the window. Like so like it just falls down like this entire front side of a building falls down and yet he's mm -hmm. untouched because the window falls perfectly like around him where he's standing. I don't think it's the general. I'm going to, I'm going to give it a goof. That's crazy. Yeah. He was um, really fearless. He was insane. And I mean, seriously, he was that generation's Tom Cruise. He was just, the stuff he did is unreal. He was, yeah, oh, it's from Steamboat Bill Jr., mm -hmm. um, which came out like a couple years after The General. But that's a, that's a great, great, uh, great uh, physical bit. That's really insane. And this is, there weren't really the precautions back then either nope. that there are nowadays too, which Tom Cruise, I guess, kind of subverts that and kind of goes against that. But mm -hmm. just in general, like that's, that option wasn't even really there back then. Mm -hmm. That's just crazy. And I need to watch more of his films because I really, that was the first Buster Keaton film I like watched in its entirety. I've seen clips here and there, yeah. but this movie is just so good. And it enhanced my experience watching Dead Reckoning afterwards. Yeah. It just made it a million times better. And it's just, it was just so good. Seriously. Was the, like, was the list that you saw, was it that like letterboxed? Um, list that letterbox has been doing like themselves or they've been doing like videos yeah. um where they've been like talking about like all like the films that inspired it or were like super influential mm -hmm. they talked to him on the red carpet okay but i saw okay. they did another one with greta Ger gerwig and they talked That's... about the barbie list i saw I, I watched that one yesterday so i was wondering if it was like the same kind of thing it was kind of like this but it was still in early stages because they probably didn't get the time to do it just like Holy. in a room so they did it on the red carpet i think or well, maybe he did it in i'm yeah, actually not I'm, sure. look, I'm looking here um maybe he sat that, down with them it, it, there is one here that i like i'm on letterboxd uh youtube 
Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, he goes through. I'm gonna give this one a watch because just from like the look of it, he's already got some really dope movies on here that I that I really like. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that's cool. I like that letterbox. My memory, my memory is not the best. So okay, so he did sit down with them. Yeah, that's super cool. I'm I'm gonna check that one out for sure. Yep. And that's oh, yeah. about yeah. That's everything I watched. But what did you watch? I know you watched something we we're gonna discuss. But yeah. apart from that, or do you want to start with that one? Um. Well, well, hold on. Which which one are you talking about? I'm talking about Spider Verse. Okay, we can start mm-hmm. with Spider Verse. I, okay. I think I saw that right after we finished recording the last episode. Yep. I think I went to go see it. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not gonna lie. I I didn't really. And the more I think about it, I think the less I like it even more. Mm-hmm. Um. The only thing, and I've said, I said this about Dune as well, is I hate when a movie goes in, and I don't know, maybe even Mission Impossible, they might do this since it's part one. Yep. But I, I just don't like the trend now of movies that do the whole part one, part two of an ending thing. Mm-hmm. Um, just because it's just like, damn, like it's not cleaned up. Like it's something that's like in hindsight, if you discover it, it's like, that's yep. totally fine because I can just go put on the other one right now. But then mm-hmm. this, I like sit there. I'm like, fuck. Now it's gonna be another like what three years until I can actually see what happens. I'm gonna have mm-hmm. to revisit this, and I'm not gonna remember shit that happened. And it's just, I, I, I don't like that it ended, and it makes it anticlimactic. And the whole mm-hmm. thing about a movie that I like is, uh, is that I like movies that do clean up nicely. Mm-hmm. That's like the point of a movie. Otherwise, it's television, which is fine. It's just a separate thing. Yeah. Um. So for me, I'm just like, I wish all the cliffhanger stuff was just saved for TV because I go to movies to have it all closed off into one thing. Mm-hmm. But but you know, it's not even the fault of the movie. It's just Hollywood in general. You see TVs bleeding more and more into film. So mm-hmm. I'm, not, I'm not really mad at it. I was just a little underwhelmed, I think. And I think because I loved the first one um, yep. across, uh, you know, into the Spider-Verse. Into, into, yeah. Um, and I really loved it a lot. And you know me, I am not like a Marvel dude. Like I'm not into that kind of stuff really. And even animated movies, I'm not really watching that many, but I loved Into the Spider-Verse. Mm-hmm. Um, so I went in with high expectations and from everyone on the planet who's like, this is the best movie. It's the same thing when Maverick came out and everyone said, yep. this is the best film that has ever been made. And then I mm-hmm. watch it. I'm like, it's not even in the top thousand. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I when I saw this, there was just too much expectation, which I hate. I hate it because if I would have gone in just blind, I probably would have liked it a lot more. Mm-hmm. But I think the only thing with me that really kept me off on it was that it was it was just too much of like too much um of like the spectacle of it, I guess. Mm-hmm. It was a little bit too much, uh, what do they call it? Sensory overload yeah. for me personally. Um, and I know a lot of people really like that, and that's why it works. And again, it's not that it's wrong or anything, it's just mm-hmm. not for me personally that's um, valid criticism because you know it's not for everyone and i understand what you mean i mean it's only a year but i think it's going to get pushed back I yeah think we're get the next one i think it'll be probably two years at least because remember at the end when like all the editors were coming out they're like they pretty much were holding us in, like in like concentration camps editing this thing for 20 yeah. hours a day <laughs> That's why I think because I don't think they even did more animation since the I don't know if that's true, but apparently they didn't really move forward 
with the animation since the movie came out. Mm, okay. I don't know if they'll be able to, because the first one, well, the Across the Spider-Verse got pushed back a year because that was supposed right. to come last year. Oh, okay. So maybe they're just like not announcing that it's going to get pushed back because they want to keep the hype going. And then once it hype, the hype goes down, they're going to be like, oh, we need one more year, a half year yeah. more. I'm sure, Which, that's I'm sure that's mm -hmm. what will happen. Yeah. But I understand with the sensory, sensory overload because it's a lot to take in. Yeah, it was just too much going on at one time for me to even like keep track. Whereas across the, or I mean, into the Spider-Verse, there mm -hmm. was a lot going on. Like it's just part of the design of this film and the feel, mm -hmm. but it felt simpler in a way to me. Yeah. So I was like, I can follow this and all this is just adding to it. This, mm -hmm. it's like, look over here. No, no, now look over here. Now there's this guy, now this guy, now this guy. And it, it was just so much going on. I even dozed off for like five minutes. I was like, it was just too much that I needed to rest my eyes. Didn't focus. Um, but um, but I, 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 it wasn't the worst thing in the world I saw. I still gave it the three stars. If it's under three stars, in my opinion, I just don't rate it because I'm just like, I'm not mm -hmm. going to shit on this thing. So I still yeah. enjoyed it. This this isn't to say That's I good. really hated it, but I I really, my expectations, I think, got, it, got ahead of me. And um. I, is Beyond the Spider-Verse going to be the last one? It's the last one. It's supposed to be this trilogy. Okay. And it'll like end this story. And then they'll probably create a whole universe around it. They're, all, they're making Spider-Gwen spin-off from this. But yeah. they said like this, there's just going to be three movies of this Spider-Verse thing. It's going to... Like, and it'll be done and concluded this story. It'll be done. The point okay. is to show that everyone can be Spider-Man. That's the point of this trilogy, they said. Cool, cool. And, and maybe you like it more when the next one comes out. That's what I was going to say. I think I'll probably really enjoy the last mm -hmm. one because yep. it will finally sum it all up and close it up mm -hmm. because the first one, it left it... It still cleaned up the movie nicely. Yep, that's, that's a, true. That's the thing, too. And this is the thing where at least Dune prefaced it. And now mm -hmm. Mission Impossible is prefacing it. Freaking Harry Potter even prefaced it by saying, this is part one. Mm -hmm. They didn't go into it and say, hey, this is Beyond the Spider-Verse part one. But there it was, it was called that before it. So oh, really? They the should have done that. It was called Across the Spider-Verse part one and Across the Spider-Verse part that. two. But then they changed the name because, I don't know, I mean, Infinity War and Endgame did it as well. I think it's just a trendy thing to do yeah but you see other studios other like franchises still do it mission impossible Dune. Yeah. so but yeah but it was the probably just to clean mm -hmm. it up like in the trilogy for when you look back it's a little cleaner yeah. if each one has a different name maybe what were you gonna say um the the producer actually said and i found that very interesting before that they said they wanted to make this generation's empire strikes back because okay back in the day empire strikes back left everyone with this feeling like like oh shit like what's gonna happen and this but empire strikes back the film was still cleaned up nicely and you can still watch it as a single film that's true that and this ends... you can't you can't really watch it as a single film because it's not finished that's true the story is not with empire strikes back you could leave it like that because you know they're in a bad situation and a bad place but it could end there possibly yeah it's not a cliffhanger so to speak yeah. It that's leaves true. it open like the end of Inception. You wouldn't say that that's like continuing on. It's just it left mm -hmm. it open-ended yep. or left it like, oh, where could this go mm -hmm. or something like that. 
Um, but I wish they would have done the part one because then I could have at least gone in and be like, okay, I know that it's not going to end here. But when I go in expecting like a movie to be cleaned up all nicely and then they're like, no, this the movie's not over yet. You're going to have to wait four years for another two hours. Then it's just like, damn, dude. Like, I wish I would have known that because I would have not seen it. Like, I would have just waited for the next yep. one to come out. Maybe that's um, why they didn't do it because a lot that's of why people... it's all about the it's all about the bottom dollar. I, really, they, at the end of the day, because I wouldn't have gone. They can't expect people because I knew that it was gonna end with a cliffhanger. I just okay. had a feeling. Yeah, but they can't expect it from people because my screening. I went to the premiere. People were booing, but not because they hated the movie. But they were like, they wanted more. Shit! What? Why this, did this end? I want to see more. People were yeah. like, Ooh, "Why is this happening?" But they loved it. Afterwards, like, yeah. oh, this was so good. I just wish it would have kept going, which is a good thing. I mean, the movie was so good. You want to see how it ends. You're not like, oh, when is this going to end? So and that's the thing. That's the thing, too. At the end of the day, I'm partially upset because I do like the characters in it. So I'm just like, mm -hmm. fuck, man, like, just give me what I want. I want to see it. Yeah. It's not like I go in. I'm like, I hate this shit or else I wouldn't care. Then I'd be like, I'm not even going to watch the next one because I don't care. Mm -hmm. I do care because yeah. I want to see what happens because I like the characters a lot. Yeah. And I hope freaking uh, John Mulaney comes back as um, Porky Spider Ham, Peter Porker, Spider Ham. Yeah, he will. Uh, he was there at the end. So. At the very end, yeah. Yep. I loved, and and I think Nick Cage, and they'll all come back. I'm guessing. Mm -hmm. for They're the coming one. back, and I have a theory for who what? else could. I'm not going to tell you, but as a Spider Man fan, I think we could potentially see more live action people joining in really maybe i mean i think they're they're holding something I, special oh okay well i'm no, just saying be, i think i think they might, because we had live action people in this one so yeah, yeah. that was cool happen. to see them splicing uh donald glover like that that was pretty so, neat in the costume so I've, cool. i've never seen that before he, he played his uncle in the live action mcu spider-man Oh, so he really? wasn't there. We just didn't see Miles. He, oh, but he said he has a nephew. So they teased. Yeah, that's that's it was an Easter egg. He plays. Oh, I didn't even know that. Aaron Davis in the MCU. Yep. Damn. Okay. Cool. Mm -hmm. And well, that's fun cool. fact: Miles was actually inspired by Donald Glover. Interesting. I can see that. I can see that yep. for sure. Actually, mm -hmm. that makes total sense. Um, I'm excited, but yeah, and I mean, I saw I saw that, and I'm I'm excited. I I will go see the next one still. Mm -hmm. I still will. There's there's no doubt about it. Um, Maybe you like it more. We'll have another discussion in one year, <laughs> four, in two, three years, whenever the next one comes out. Yeah, and I have a feel like you said. I think once I see it, and I can go like revisit this one, and then go immediately into Beyond the Spider Verse or whatever. Yeah. I think I probably will be able to appreciate it more, but. Just as like a standalone thing, I just it, it was like ah, wish there yeah. was more. Um, I just, just hope they pay the writers and animators more for the next one because that's yes. a bitch. Yeah, and not not lock them down like they're in Guantanamo Bay under these. <laughs> like that was crazy how these people have to animate. Yeah, literally like they were just being tortured. Um, <laughs> okay, one more movie I'll talk about real quickly before we get into our our movie for today that I saw. Um. Yeah. Probably the best movie that I've seen since we've last talked, apart from the movie for today. Mm -hmm. And uh, hold on, I'm going to pull it up on Letterboxd just because I'm curious to know if you've seen it. Um, no, okay, I don't. I don't see you on there. 
So this is a movie that came out in 2016 and it was directed by Park Chan-wook and it's called The Handmaiden. I'm sure you've at least heard of it. I've heard of it. There's also a TV show. I've never seen it, but I need to watch it. Wait, there's a TV show about this movie or continuing it on? I don't know if it's a continuation or like a retelling and then just expanding the universe, but there is a TV show. Whoa, I didn't know that. Yep, I think it's, I'm not sure if it's HBO, but there is a Handmaiden. You're not thinking of The Handmaid's Tale, are you? I am. Is that not the same? Unrelated. I thought it was the same. I don't, I don't think so. Uh, I think it's the Maybe they have, there is some weird connection, but from what I heard, because it, it's based on a book, The Handmaid's Tale, the, mm-hmm. like the TV show is based on a book, and okay. this is not based on that book. Okay. Well, I haven't seen the movie, the TV show, I haven't read the, the book, so I'm, I'm not sure. So If it, it would, it very well could. I'm not going to say it's not. To me, I, I would be, gra- I have no idea how they would connect mm-hmm. at all. Um, I thought it was just I've seen a little bit of the show Mm -hmm. like just a very little bit and I don't see any connection personally okay so maybe there was just something I thought because of the name but maybe because I told my girlfriend about this too and she she said the same thing she thought it was like the handmaid's tale she's Mm -hmm. like oh with Elizabeth Moss I'm like no that's the tv show that that they did um so tell us about the movie anyway the movie is really cool um directed by Park Chan-wook who did the original old boy obviously have you seen old boy i have yeah that movie's dope and this one is like it's just as like nuts with the way that it's constantly twisting and turning and it's just it is insane how it is just reveal after reveal after reveal after reveal and it's not even that it's just constantly like twisting and turning it's the way that he chooses to reveal the information and Mm -hmm. It, it it really add this to the watch list man this is a it really goes to some heavy places but mm-hmm. it is very well worth it it's constructed i mean perfectly and um like i said the way in which he chooses to tell the story is really something where you kind of step back you're like damn like that's how you like that's that's how you make a movie like that mm-hmm. is how you do it um yeah. but it's it's really really good and I'm sure I'm I'm way late to the party. I'm sure a lot of people listening have probably already seen it. Um, but I was I was really excited to finally check it out. And um, and I said this in my review, but if there's anything I've learned from film is that there really is no better, no greater gift to cinema than lesbian partners. There really isn't. I mean, I can't think of any movie I see where there's two lesbians just together plotting something. It's the best movie I ever made um so i cannot recommend this movie enough i'm trying to see if it's available it, it was on prime in the states because it's an amazon original so you might you might still get it on prime over there in germany maybe well i the handmaid's tale is on amazon prime over here but the handmaiden let me see well it's available to rent Okay, if you can at least rent it, then I mean, I highly, highly I recommend. To. I think it, you need it, to watch it. It's really good, to. and it made me really want to go more into Park Chan Wook's um, mm-hmm. filmography because I've seen Old Boy, 
obviously handmaiden and then i saw his film from last year decision to leave did you see that one i, I saw that yet. one in, okay i saw that one in theaters and didn't love it nearly as much as i love this movie and um um oh, an old boy but still it's something you see you're just like yeah this guy's like good at what he does like he's very good at his job you know he is um but it's just yeah. constantly showing like that's how you just pull a movie and in contrast i saw this other movie called searching with john cho like a couple yep. days after Seen have you seen that one. one yes what what did i'm curious to know what you thought about that movie i liked it it was it i always thought i knew what was going on and then it just went in a different direction mm. it was just always like I'm not sure it's been a while, but I just remember thinking, oh, I know what's going on. And then just did something completely yeah. else. And they made a new movie. I think it came out this year in that universe. Really? Yeah. And it's not, I don't know if it's about another oh, missing. Missing. It's called Missing. Missing. And it's in the same universe. I don't know why would, they probably just wanted to cash in on the success from the yeah. first one. I'm not sure how they're connected. If there's similar, like same characters, maybe writer. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, but apart from that, I mean, it's just about missing people. Of course, it's set in our universe, but yeah, yeah. yeah. But I need to watch but, the new one as well. Yeah, I'm curious to check it out. I, I, and of Did course, you, like you don't. The... So this is what I'll say about searching. Which spoiler <laughs> alert for anyone who has not seen it, just skip ahead like maybe two minutes. Um. Mm -hmm. It's super funny. I was sitting there. I'm watching it with my girlfriend. We're watching. And you know, the movie just constantly is doing all these twists. Mm -hmm. At, there were probably about seven or eight different points while watching it where mm -hmm. I'm like, oh my God, wouldn't it be hilarious? I'm like, I have a feeling the brother's like banging the daughter. And then there's this reveal where it comes across that that happens. I'm like, shit. And then we're watching. I'm like, wouldn't it be funny if the brother's like, no, no, no. We were just smoking weed together. And then that is what happened. And then yep. I'd be like, I guarantee you, like, it'd be crazy if, like, the FBI agent was in on it. And then five minutes later, she's in on it. I'm like, I bet you she's just protecting her son. And then it, she's protecting her. So, like, everything that I'm like, oh, wouldn't it be crazy? Like, half jokingly, it all mm -hmm. actually happened. So, for me, it's the only movie, which I'm not even trying to, like, stroke myself by saying this. I just felt like any half joke I made about where the plot was going to go, that's where it went. Like, literally every time. Um, that probably made the experience very cool to watch it because it's just so funny that you predicted everything happening. It, it made the experience very funny, particularly when they, because it's so silly. Like I meant it so much as a joke when they like, there's this idea of incest that they play with in the film for a second. So I'm like, it would be so funny if he tries to get out of it by saying like, no, we were just smoking weed together because John shows like super anti-weed or some shit. And then that's literally what happens. I'm like, you... I'm like, this is a joke, right? I'm like, you can't, you can't subvert like actual incest, rape, like with, like, it was just weird. Mm -hmm. um, so it was fun. It was fun just to be like, this is so silly. But um, I, the, the main thing with me is I didn't like the whole, how everything was through FaceTime. Like mm -hmm. every shot was through like FaceTime or whatever. Yeah. Um, that just kind of threw me out of it a little bit, but um, it's a really cool idea, and I, I'm sure this director will probably come up with some cool stuff. I think it was his debut from what I was reading. Um, 
So I, I'm cool. And I, I love John Cho and he's good in everything. I'm glad he got like a good starring role um, to carry a film, even if I found it very predictable and mm-hmm. a little silly, honestly. But um, but I'm, I'm super curious to check out what this director does too. I saw he did a, a follow-up to this with Sarah Paulson called Run. Uh, I think it came out like two years after. I watched that one. Is it is it shot with real cameras this time? Like an actual movie? Okay. Yep. Cool. It's, was it good? The reviews are not tough. as good as they were for Searching. It's tough because it is a good film on paper. Uh-huh. I don't know if I liked it that much because there's also like these these big twists and it does get intense, but at the same time was always like I'm not sure that I give it. Let me check if I give it a heart. Because if I like a movie, I give it a heart. I'm going to take a look here just because I just pulled it up. I didn't. So, yeah, it was just. It was was just serviceable. Yeah, it was. I don't know if I like the plot twist. It made it more interesting, but it was also like, oh. It it, took you out of it a bit. I think so, yeah. Okay. I'll still check it out. Like I said, there are flourishes here. Like searching all in all is not a terrible movie. It's just very predictable. Um, so I, I am curious to see what else this guy does, though. Anish Chag Chaganti. Mm-hmm. Um, check out Run. It has very interesting concept. So you I'll might check it out. It's it. it's on Hulu too, and the the reviews aren't bad. It's just a little less favorable than than searching. Yeah. So I'll I'll definitely give it give it a a stab and and see what I think about it. But um, yeah, I'm about I'm about ready to get into our our movie of the week though. If if uh, if you are, I am. Let's do All right. it. All right. Well, I'm excited to hear what you think. And uh, and today's episode is about the Heartbreak Kid from 1972, directed by Elaine May, starring Charles Grodin and Sybil Shepherd. And uh, and for those who have not seen the film, um, per usual, we're going to talk about the whole thing. So if you want to pause it and uh you know go on and watch it uh definitely come on back and listen to it because this is definitely one worth watching um yep. in my opinion well let me give it let me give a brief uh, little synopsis and then mm-hmm. we'll uh we'll talk about it some more so the heartbreak kid like i said is directed by elaine may uh and is starring charles grodin he is a uh sporting goods salesman who has just gotten married um, and after the wedding, he is on his way to uh, Miami uh, for his honeymoon with uh, with his wife. And on the way, he starts to sort of um, <laughs> learn about some various quirks about his wife. Um, her name is uh, Lila or Lila, Lila, I think. Um, he starts to notice some quirks about her that maybe he wasn't aware of prior uh, to their wedding. Uh, to which point he always says, you know, in Virginia, I had a feeling, but in Georgia, I knew that I wanted out. And by the time I got to Florida, I tried to get out. Um, but they go and they make it to Miami. And while they're there on the first day, uh, Charles Grodin meets a young lady named Kelly, who's played by Sybil Shepard. Um, and she's in town in Miami, like on, uh, like a vacation with her, with her parents. And, um, after the first day, uh, Lila gets super sunburned and has to stay in the hotel room. So Charles Grodin's character, uh, his name is Lenny. He takes advantage of this and keeps her in the room so he can go out and try to find Sybil Shepherd. 
And while they're out there, he ends up falling madly in love with her um, while his <laughs> new wife is laying in the hotel room for most of the film with uh, crazy sunburns. Um, Lenny ends up meeting um, Kelly, uh, played by Sybil Shepard's parents, um, at which point the father even offers him like up to $25,000 to leave her and the family alone. Um, and eventually, uh, on the last night of their vacation, uh, Charles Grodin goes to his new wife and tells her that it's all over. And uh, he goes all the way up to Minnesota, where Sybil Shepard and her family is from. And he tries to win her back, only for her to seem completely disinterested, as if he was just some random guy that she said hello to or spoke to for two minutes in Miami. Um, he's very much... Um, He's very much shocked by this and uh, is very surprised um, by it. But soon he uh, he's able to convince Kelly to marry him. They get married and um, it ends with uh, Charles Grodin sitting all alone. He was talking with a couple kids and they left him and he's sitting in kind of a contemplative state, sort of like uh, Benjamin Braddock at the end of The Graduate. Uh, which we'll get into that in a second as well. But um, curious to know your your thoughts. I know that this is a first time watch for you. What an asshole! <laughs> He's an what asshole. For an sure. asshole. I like the movie, but it made me sad because I just felt bad for the wife. Yeah, for sure. I felt so bad for her. I mean, she she genuinely loved him. Yeah, and cared about him, and he just like, oh, she eats chocolate at night. She's a little bit annoying. <laughs> Let's move on to the next one. And that's what I liked about the end where he realized, like, what have I done? Yeah. Which, as you mentioned, The Graduate felt very much like that ending. 100%. And he is just, I did not like him. One bit. Nope. <laughs> I mean, it's, I'm not, it's, it just made me really sad. And I talked to Rope. Uh-huh. He watched the movie. He uh, listened to the episode, like the last episode, I think, this morning or last night, and then he watched the this one. Yep. And he said he's preparing to to listen to this podcast, and he said the same. It just made him sad. Like that guy is just an asshole. So it's yeah, yeah, and it's and I don't know if it's because I've seen it so many times, mm -hmm. but I got to be honest, I kind of like him. In a weird way, he's very unlikable, but yep. I still very much like him. And obviously not to the extent of him, but in a small way, I can almost kind of relate to him in a very small sort of way. I understand that. Um, because it also applies to other things. When you have something good and there's something better and like, exactly. oh, I want this. And then you get it and like, oh, like exactly. this is not. So I understand definitely what you mean. The grass is always greener on and the other side. The best Sorry. way, the best way that I heard it worded, I think, was from Roger Ebert in his review of the film, as and he said, "This is a film about a man who would rather desire than possess," and that's perfect. It's perfectly worded yep. because at the end, I don't even think that it's like, "Man, I wish I had my first wife back." I think it's just mm -hmm. like, "I don't want this. I want someone yep. else, anybody yep. else." And the movie could go on. Like he could at the oh, end, he for could. Sure. At the wedding, he sees another woman like, oh, I want her. 
Yeah. And then he gets her and he's like, oh, I don't want her anymore. Yeah. I, and I, I, I bet you once the cameras were shut off and say that world mm-hmm. continued on, that's probably yeah. exactly, I can't imagine they stay married for very nope. long at all. I, I, I'd, be, I'd be surprised if it lasted a year, honestly. I like to think he just met another woman at the wedding. <laughs> and just, just continues yeah. exactly like that. So, um, but yeah, this movie, this movie is really funny. And you said you mm-hmm. hadn't seen the the remake, right? Either I haven't, but okay. I'm now I'm very curious to check it out. Even though you told me it's not very good. Yeah, but I I still kind of want to see because I haven't seen it again in years. I actually saw it yeah. before I ever even saw this one. They used to show it on TV in the states here mm-hmm. constantly, all the time. Mm-hmm. um so i watched it like a few times as a kid and always just thought like oh this is a goofy funny movie but then i realized there was this like original made um which let me mention is the only film that of all of my friends on letterboxd this mm-hmm. is the only film that i've seen that literally everyone has given it five stars every last person that i'm friends with on letterboxd at who rates who rates the films yep. has all given it five stars like it it really it, it i love that it kind of has this like cult status even though it's mm-hmm. very much not, it has no proper release like at all, um, which is kind of a shame. But um, but I, I'm also kind of curious to check out the uh, the remake again as well after seeing this movie mm-hmm. so many times. Um, but yeah, no, it never has a, got a real release. Really, there there's a DVD release out there from a bunch of years ago that is like long out of print, um, and. I, I've heard, so I don't know the details and maybe you might know, if not, I, we can do some research and talk about it some more in the future. Mm-hmm. But I guess there's a lot of times I feel like Fox titles from what I read have a lot of trouble with getting re-released or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Fox, when they have older films, they kind of just throw it into the vault and just kind of let it collect dust. And mm-hmm. they really only just focus on whatever's new. Whereas something like Warner Brothers has like the classic section or even MGM, they'll constantly go through the old stuff. I don't think Fox does. They don't. You're right. And it's interesting because Disney owns them now. So you would think that Disney would. And if anything, I think maybe would make it even harder now because Disney has it. Probably because I feel like they're swiping a lot of things just away. Like, okay, these are the Fox films we want to be associated with. Exactly. Go. Exactly. And I mean, we see that. Did you like read the news that they they deleted a film that came out with Kid Cudi? There was a film that I've heard about this. I've heard about this. It's gone. You can't watch it. And it just came out a couple months ago. You can't watch it anymore. It's gone. They just deleted it entirely, right? They just didn't want to pay residuals. They deleted it. Tax payout, tax write off, whatever. You can't watch it. You have to, if you want to watch it, you have to go the illegal route, which is such a shame. That's wild. To just actually erase a film is insane. This is why it's so important. If there are any filmmakers out there, own your rights somehow. Go, even mm-hmm. if you got to make your film for, you know, a couple nickels and a, you know, a bottle of, you know, whiskey or something, whatever, mm-hmm. go out and make it on your own. So that way you can at least hold on to it or else you, you get fucked like that. That's why, like, physical media it's so important yeah because if it came out and there was a blu-ray dvd people could still watch it and sell 100 percent. you have like even with chip and dale if chip and dale ever got deleted i could never watch it again yeah 
and that's yeah. that's a shame and so there's no physical release of chip and dale rescue and rangers the film it never it came out on disney plus so if they ever decide to delete it which i'm scared of it's just gone and they never did a physical nope not that i know of. whoa that's crazy mm-hmm. that's and insane so I, yep i understand what you mean like Fox yeah. really, now with Disney, I think it's it'll even... make it even harder. I think the only luck is if there was a film that was like deserving of like the Criterion treatment. This mm-hmm. is like such a Criterion movie; it's not even funny. It like is. this is yeah. so right up their alley. So there's no way to watch this film except for like old DVDs and then YouTube. And then YouTube, uploaded. where we watched it, which the quality is not great. Nope. So it's it makes it a little tougher. It's watchable, but it's really—it's not, not great, though. Yeah. If you can find a DVD, I'm sure it's probably better, but mm-hmm. it's going to be tough to find it. And and at the very least, shout out to whoever uploaded it and has kept it on. Mm-hmm. At, at least it's available to see in that way. So I will say that that's cool. At least, it, especially with Disney, like if you if you delete a movie, just let like give people a way to watch it for free. Yeah. At the very least, I mean, what, yeah. what what do you you don't hurt from that at all? Nope. Like, I'm not sure about the residuals. It's still a shitty thing to do because the actors deserve the residuals. Of course, of course. But like everyone deserves the residuals. But that's a discussion for another, another pod with the strike <laughs> yeah. going on and things. But but yeah, it's yeah. a it's a shame, and and because I would love to see this. I would love to see like a good restoration, like. Could you imagine just the look of this, like in an actual nice, clear, good, positive rest rate? Like it would look so good. It would um, make it even better. One hundred percent. Because this is the and only way that I've ever seen it was just this shitty rip on YouTube. The only that's way what I've I wanted to say. It. Like you would be the first one to buy a physical copy of this. Oh yeah, hell yes. Fox, hell yeah. Disney, what are did it come? Is it a Fox? Like did Fox? I think Fox what produced. Are, yeah. What are they doing? Yeah, it's it's a shame. And I think, I, I don't know, legally, I think Criterion might still be able to license it regardless of mm-hmm. who owns it. Just like how they did like WALL-E, which is insane to me that WALL-E is like a Criterion movie. Mm-hmm. Um, like they could very much license it. I, and I, if I had to get, I'm assuming someone's asked. Someone had from there had to have asked at some point. I, I would find it hard to believe that no one at Criterion or any or any other like rest like like um label like that it, mm-hmm. it would be hard for me to believe that no one has asked about it at all mm-hmm. um but but yeah I, I would i would love to see that um but one thing i do want to say you you mentioned um before we talked that's why i brought it up again you mm-hmm. mentioned the graduate yep um which it's it's funny that that you did mention that because that film was directed by Mike Nichols, mm-hmm. and this film was directed by Elaine May. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't know if you were aware of it or not, but they were in a improv comedy duo, um, Nichols and May, the two of them together. Really? That, yes. that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, they did a lot of like, they have like a lot of comedy albums. Like if you go on Spotify, they're still up there, some of them, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but they would perform like these like co- like comedic bits and things like that. And um, I think in terms of con- like comedians, a lot of them sort of look back as them as being like a huge like influence in modern comedy, but they both mm-hmm. then began directing kind of around the same time. Mike Nichols beat her to the punch by about like three-ish years, maybe, mm-hmm. um, and maybe three, four years. 
Um, but, uh, but it's funny that you say that because there is that sort of connection between the two films. And I think they would pair very nicely as like a double feature, The Graduate and Heartbreak Kid. 100% they feel similar, like not just with the In theme, the feel, yeah. The feeling of how it was directed, it just feels very similar. Yeah. So like there's said, double feature for sure. 100%. Because there's that feeling of, first and foremost, both of them being just a comedy, just first mm -hmm. and foremost. But then also having that heart, sort of, even this one, there is still a little bit of heart in the Heartbreak Kid, I, yeah. I think at least. And mm -hmm. um yeah, but that's that's funny. I, I wanted to mention that, and uh, because there is that uh, that cool connection between um, the uh, the two of them, that's that's really neat. That I'm glad you caught that caught on to that. Definitely, that's one but, of the movies I wanted to mention when we go to the ones yes. who like, I think the greatest yes. of them. But one hundred percent. Did you have a favorite part of the the Heartbreak Kid? Mm, I like the excuses he he made so especially the car crash it was so ridiculous and he was just like gaslighting her so hard yeah she was like she said something and he just immediately comes up with something else he's like what was it so it was he, like oil truck yeah he's like the oil well when she when he comes back and he says that they got into the accident with the oil truck and she's like i i didn't hear anything and he's like they're, oh, no, no. they're covering it up the oil yeah. corporations are covering <laughs> yeah, it up that's what it was yeah and then the next day he has to go to court <laughs> yeah. for some reason because of the accident because his friend is trying to sue them yeah and then he has a tan he's like you were at the court why are you so tan he was like well they had someone before us and then yeah uh, there was a break and then they have to come to conclusion and i was sitting outside just tanning <laughs> it's just he's so like, ridiculous move so slow you know how slow they move in florida <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny that I, really I, I love those two my favorite is the very first one that he kind of does when he goes down mm -hmm. the second day and she's all sunburnt and he's mm -hmm. like no I'm, I'm gonna go down I'm just gonna kind of walk around and he starts walking out and he just comes back he's like it is so hot out here it is so hot you are yep. so lucky you have air conditioning and he walks off he comes back he goes it is so hot and then yep. just runs off and I love that scene so much it makes mm -hmm. me laugh every time it's very funny. It's like and he, yep. And he's so quick too with each of them too. <laughs> like you can tell that he's just con and he's just constantly thinking of ways to just manipulate yep. this poor woman. He's um, gaslighting her so hard. He just comes up with lies like it's nothing. Yeah, I know. Which is very funny. Yeah. Um, which also uh the the woman who plays the uh the the wife uh lila is played by Jeannie berlin who she's the uh she's the daughter of the director elaine may uh as well um but she's she's very good she's very 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 funny and mm -hmm. she was for any succession fans she was in succession was um she? she was in succession that she was she um which it's funny because I didn't even recognize it until afterwards, like when I was doing, uh, like looking at this film again, mm -hmm. where I was like, wait, I was like, she's, that's, oh my God, she's in Succession too. And you see her in a lot. She was in The Night Of as well, I think, which was another uh, HBO show um, mm -hmm. that I saw. And um, she was also in The Fablemans as well, if you saw The Fablemans. Who did she play? 
She played, I think she was the uh the Paul Dano's mom, I think. Oh, um the grandma. Who wait, who's Bert? Was that Paul Damon? Yes, Paul Dano's mom. Yeah. Okay, so she was the, the grandma. Yeah. Okay. I didn't catch that. Yeah, I, I, I did I just looked at that just now. <laughs> like I did not I, I didn't catch that either until just now I was kind of looking through her. Um filmography but she's she's so good she's such a good actress and uh and she's super funny the way that she because she's very attractive too like just as attractive in my opinion as Sybil Shepard um but she makes herself so unattractive in this Mm -hmm. movie too um and she does such a good job of it just not even just through the way that she looks or anything but the way that she acts Acts. how annoying she is when they're like sleeping together she's like do Mm -hmm. you like it how much do you like it? Is it as good mm-hmm. as you thought? He's like, yes, it's as good as I yep. thought. Like, he just snaps. And he's like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. He's like, and she's like, you've been so quiet. He's like, you, you know, I'm always quiet at night. Mm-hmm. And he's just always something he's got some some answer for. Yep. Um, but yeah, anyway, you, you see her, she plays Sid in uh, Succession. So whenever you get around to that, you'll see her, I think probably in like season two. But um, yeah. Whatever yeah, we man. like talk about it always finds a way to succession i love that it really always does or to something like we say every single week that there is there is no more uh or there's no podcast with more uh Mm -hmm. like coincidences or things related as as literally me yep but um but yeah i'm 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 glad you uh i'm glad you you saw this movie first and foremost because i think I, I'm like always trying to get people to see it because it's very accessible. I think that this has, I don't, it should be talked about, I think, alongside The Graduate, in my opinion. And because a lot of people are talking about The Graduate and it's a very popular, it has a very like strong following, like a very, it's a cult classic. 100%. Even more so, I think there's so many people and I think everyone who watched that movie and liked it needs to check this out because they could discover a new favorite. 100 percent. oh yeah mm-hmm. and um yeah and like i said it's it's i've seen it from everyone that i know who rates it on letterbox literally every last one is a five star and i have not seen that for any other movie mm-hmm. um it's just a very likable movie even though it's made up of many unlikable people especially mm-hmm. our star <laughs> very yeah. unlikable are you a fan or uh familiar in general with with charles grodin um nope. the lead actor i am not and I'm very excited for you to educate me. Yeah, he's been in a ton of stuff, like even like more recently. Well, he passed away probably like in the last three-ish years, two, three years. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's he's been in a ton of stuff. Like if you saw, um, well, this was another Elaine May movie, uh, Ishtar. Did you see that with Warren Beatty and Dustin Hoffman? A I lot have... of people rag on it as like one of the worst films ever made. I think it's very <laughs> misunderstood. I think it's very funny. But mm-hmm. um, but the main ones that he's in that are popular are Midnight Run. He was in Beethoven. Did you see Beethoven with the dog? You know the dog Beethoven. Yeah, yeah. I I thought you were talking about the musician. I have seen the the dog he, ones. He's like the dad. He's like the main dude in Beethoven. Oh wait, how many Beethoven films are there? There's a lot. I think he was the, only in like maybe the first the, one or the first the two. One. Because they made so many, but I saw the original and then yes. another one. But he's he was, the original. Let me look here. The okay, yeah, he's, he's in the second as well. Okay. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, because those were the only two I think that were actually released theatrically. I think the others were all straight to straight, straight to DVD, DVD yeah. um, kind of films. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, he's he's the dad in uh, in those in those two movies. Um, and uh, and like I said, Midnight Run's a very funny movie with Robert De Niro um, and Charles Grodin that I highly recommend as well. Um, and uh, and he's also plays a very small role, a very small role in Rosemary's Baby as a doctor. Mm, um, I haven't so, seen that. Oh, you've never seen Rosemary's Baby? Never seen Rosemary's Baby and also have never seen Midnight Run. Okay. Min- Midnight Run, you got to check out. Now, Rosemary's Baby, you have to see just because that is that's it's a, a must. It's a I've must. I've heard it from so many people. I've never seen it. It's a horror film, right? Yes. It, did okay. you see the film Mother the with Jennifer Lawrence? Yeah, and I've seen that one. Have you ever a, it's, a, it's a rip of Rosemary's Baby, essentially. Oh, does it have the same theme? It's pretty much he. Uh, what what's the guy's name? He did the whale, and he did mother. What's his name? Darren. Um, Aronofsky. Aronofsky. He, mm-hmm. he he essentially re he he pretty much ripped off Rosemary's Baby. It's like the same thing almost. It's just weirder than Rosemary's. Rosemary's Baby is much better. It's way better. Okay. Um, I have to check it out then. Yeah, and because I remember seeing Mother in theaters, and I never saw it again after theaters. But I remember mm-hmm. watching it and it's been like, oh, see, he just remade Rosemary's Baby then. Mm-hmm. I Isn't guess. it as stressful as Mother? Is it what? As what? As stressful? It's pretty tense because it's a lot of, you know, the, the thing of trying to steal the baby from this woman and you feel it. If anything, it's more stressful than Mother, I think. Okay. Um, check it out. It's, it's very good because Rowan Plansky, is a, regardless of him as a human, He's a he's a fantastic director, and that film is directed. I mean, just mm-hmm. amazingly. Um, but yeah, I highly recommend that movie. And he's in it. He's like in a blinky and you'll miss it kind of thing. Charles Grodin. Mm-hmm. But I rewatched last October. I rewatched Rosemary's Baby for the first time in years. It felt like a proper like watch. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I was like looking. I was like, is that is that Charles Grodin? And then sure enough, it was. Um, but uh, but I highly recommend that movie. Um, yeah, do you have any? Uh, any mm-hmm. As always, any... I watch horror movies in October. Like oh, October yeah. is dedicated to horror movies, so 100%. I'll add it to the list for October. And I have definitely. a feeling that this pod will have a lot of fun come our October episodes as well. Oh hell yeah, we're gonna I do have a feeling of Halloween episodes and yes. just talk about horror films. We're gonna go crazy on here. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, do you have any final thoughts about the Heartbreak Kid? I don't want to keep uh, harping on about it because I could talk about it forever. I just I love this movie. I could talk about it forever too because I think it's a very interesting film and mm-hmm. very fun and it's just very well directed. Yeah, and there's a lot to talk about because I mean I, I said he's a very he's he's a big asshole, mm-hmm. but there's also sides to him that you can understand. So it makes yeah. for interesting discussion because there's so many layers to it. And that's what I like. About it. Yeah. And you always see, okay, I can see where he's coming from, but the way he does it is a bit weird. And like I said, that's I just right. I just feel bad for the wife. I just feel so bad for her. I, I do too. And it's it, it was amazing casting having Civil Shepherd in there too, especially at this mm-hmm. point in history. She had become sort of that person in real life. Um mm-hmm. 
She was at this point dating Peter Bogdanovich, the great, great director who directed uh, Paper Moon. Um, mm-hmm. He left his wife for Sybil Shepherd. Um, so it was a bit of a meta sort of casting there. Mm-hmm. Um, they met when he cast her in the last picture show. And um, okay. that's what put her on and she became this huge star. So casting mm-hmm. her in this was very genius on Elaine May's part because she knows that thing. Mm-hmm. And the thing that I really like too is that she's never the one, it could be easy when you watch it and blindly can sort of be like, oh, she's you know flirting with this marriage. She's really not. She's kind mm-hmm. of letting him do it all. Mm-hmm. Um, she never admits to really liking him, finding him attractive. She never mm-hmm. like tries to be like, oh, you should. She's just like, I'm going to be here tomorrow mm-hmm. and she knows that he is so desperate that he will do whatever but she doesn't have to actually verbalize anything mm-hmm. so yeah. which is funny because she doesn't really do anything wrong so to speak mm-hmm. um she knows and, how to manipulate him the way he tries to manipulate his wife exactly and it's in a way she is actually doing perfect manipulation and his is just mm-hmm. a complete mess He's yep. trying to figure it out, but she does it so precisely that he is literally coming up with the decisions himself. Mm. Yep, exactly. Yeah. The way she and doesn't even have to do anything. He, Like you said, he does everything for her, pretty much. Exactly. And uh, and I really love that. And I, I, I love that it's it's not too harsh because other, other filmmakers and other people who've cast her and things have been harsh as well with her because they're like, she's just this like in, in Taxi Driver when she plays Robert De Niro's love interest and mm-hmm. on paper in the script, Paul Schrader's kind of brutal. He's like, there's Betsy. She's star fucker to the nth degree. And he literally pictured Sybil Shepherd, And it's kind of cruel in that way, but this kind of, it, it, it it's a little bit soft with her. And I, and I, and I do like that because I don't think at any point, I don't know about real life. I don't know, you know, whatever, but I do mm-hmm. like that they they treat her in a way that she's she's not all bad. Where most movies mm-hmm. would probably be like, oh, check out this girl, this this yep. uh, home wrecker, you know. Uh, yep. That's true. But she's really not, and uh, and I really like her. Really like her a lot. I love Sybil Shepherd, one of my Hollywood mm-hmm. crushes. I would say. Mm-hmm. It gives also her more layers because she's not just the girl who comes and destroys this marriage and has fun doing it. Exactly. There's more to her. Way more, and and I kind of like uh and it's funny because i almost forget about it every time i watch the movie that there's so much of it that does take place in minnesota once they Mm -hmm. leave florida um there really is a full like a full act and and some um that takes place back there and i always forget about that and i really do love those scenes where especially she gets a little bit more vulnerable Mm -hmm. as well um like for like the first time that they sleep together as well as a really, really great scene that I like a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I, I really love this movie, man. Yeah. The wife just disappears. Like he just gives her half the money. Like he, I don't know. Did he sell his car? He gave, he gave, he his gave wife. her the car um, and like some money. And he's like, yeah. this is a good deal. He's like, if someone only married four days, most people married a year and don't even get this stuff. Mm-hmm. He's still manipulating her. Even at the very end. Like, this is a good decision. You have to do this. This is a great deal. Yeah. Then she's just gone for the next just hour, which yeah. is crazy. I didn't expect it. I thought <laughs> this is going to go more into that. And maybe she finds out she's just gone. Gone. She's good. Gone. Good for her. I hope she finds a husband who lets her eat her chocolate and <laughs> amen 
seriously man she was just <laughs> that made me so sad she was just enjoying her chocolate and he just he just judged her so hard yeah. for that and just yeah. gave her this disgusting look at how could you eat this chocolate at night just let the woman eat her chocolate let the woman eat the chocolate if yeah. it makes her happy just let her yeah i love the one scene that just popped into my head when she first gets sunburned and she's like mm-hmm. no it's me okay you can just put the the ointment on me that makes it go away he's like they haven't invented that there's no <laughs> such thing as ointment that makes it go away yep so funny <laughs> and and it, it, they're so good together too like mm-hmm. the the actual wife and and him too like when mm-hmm. when he's like i'm gonna go down to the down to the bar for a bottle of beer she's like where are you going He's like, I'm going to the bar for a bottle of beer. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. just so many things like that where they're just talking at each other but not really listening to each other yeah. ever either. And she's like, when will, will you be back? When I finish my finish bottle. my bottle of beer. <laughs> so funny. Also, like how in the beginning when they were driving, they were so in love and just singing together. Yeah. And then yeah. it just goes away. It just hits it once they like sleep together for that first time mm-hmm. as a as a married couple. Mm-hmm. And she's like, Do you like it? Is it is it as good as you thought? Tell me it's as good, which is annoying, certainly. You mm-hmm. can't you can't deny that. Yep. But uh but there are nicer ways of letting young ladies down than than the way that Lenny chose to uh <laughs> to go about yep. it for sure. Mm-hmm. Um so we talked about the graduate. Are there any other movies that you think would pair well with with uh with this movie? The graduate is like the only thing that came to my mind. I would have to think more about it. I feel like there is another film like similar themes that i just can't think of right now do you have any yeah i'm i'm trying to think as well i'm i'm I'm, and i'm kind of blanking i was curious to know if you had if you had any because the graduate is the main one where this is like a perfect a a perfect double feature Mm -hmm. um because i think of some of the other movies which we can go back to your your row that i did on uh on your ig where i always say that's like the perfect triple feature is the graduate the swimmer the swimming pool but the mm-hmm. swimmer in the swimming pool don't work very well with Heartbreak Kid. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's why I was thinking, I was like, maybe those, but they don't they don't really pair that well with uh, mm-hmm. with this movie. Um, maybe some other Elaine May films. She had, because uh, this was her second director, uh, film that she directed. Her first was one called The New Leaf um, mm-hmm. that she she actually acted in. Um, mm-hmm. And she did that. I of her films apart. Oh, this was the first one. Dude, check out A New Leaf next. It's really mm-hmm. good. Um, and uh she's in it with walter Matthau, and mm-hmm. um it's it's really really good uh it's uh she's like a botanist who uh who like falls in love with like uh walter Matthau, who's like this very rich um dude and they kind of it's kind of like a will they won't they sort of thing but they're also not very like they're not like a when you look at a couple together you're like ah they don't really match um but there there is something there is something kind of there but it's uh it's it's a really really funny movie as well i'd highly recommend that and probably would pair very well with with this one honestly yeah then we have two yeah if i think of more in the future because there is like i have a feeling there's a film that would work well but i just can't think of it yeah i do too maybe maybe next week once we once we have some time to think we'll Mm -hmm. we'll be able to but Anyway, to wrap it up, I, I gotta know, and I, I think I already know what the answer is gonna be mm-hmm. um, for you. On a scale of one, one to ten bottle of beers, mm-hmm. <laughs> how much is uh, is Lenny uh, literally you? 
or are you literally Lenny? Well, I want to say zero, but you put it a bit into perspective with just like how the grass is always green on the other side. And mm -hmm. with this concept, just applying to different things. So maybe I'll give him a one or like a 0 0.5. <laughs> I really put it into perspective then, huh? You gaslighted me into thinking that it could be more. Yeah. But yeah. There's maybe like, I, I'd say 0 0.5. Just if you apply it maybe to something else, but I can't yeah. really relate to them. How about you? Honestly, and I'm going to say this with a preface. I don't want people to sit mm -hmm. here and think that I'm, you know, a piece of garbage person. Hopefully you can vouch for me when the people come in the comments as they will. Definitely. Uh, you are you know, not. That, that you yep. know me, but I would go so far as to like a six or seven. I very mm -hmm. much, very much relate to him. Mm -hmm. Not again, not to the extremes. I have never been in a position nearly as compromising as him mm -hmm. ever. And I hope yep. I never am. But I'm very much a person who is always a what if kind of person or mm -hmm. always, the, I always go back to the way Ebert said it, a, a man who loves to possess uh, or, 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 or wishes to desire over possessed. And that, right that I can very much relate to because I feel very much I am that way. Mm -hmm. um, that I can... Yeah. So, okay. so with that, that just... that's why I say that, like, I very much can, mm -hmm. even though I've never been in a position like this and wouldn't dare ever, I have, mm -hmm. I have, I have way too much heart, I think, to even be mm -hmm. like, not to, not to, you know, compliment myself here, but yeah. I don't think I could be as quite as harsh as he is. Mm -hmm. But I feel like what you said, I think a lot of people are that way. I think that's something that everyone has to extend. Definitely. And I think that's why the film works too, because mm -hmm. he's a piece of shit, but yet it's still relatable. And I think those are some of my favorite movies where the characters on paper are not likable at yeah. all, but mm -hmm. they're in positions where you can still kind of relate to them in a weird yeah. way. Yeah. And this is definitely one of those. And it's very human because we as humans, we always desire more. That's just always basic trait. And that's what keeps humanity going, I feel like. Yeah. 100 percent if yeah. everyone was just content with every little thing there would be no progression i guess that's true exactly. so so there is that lenny walks that way we could run is is what i'm getting yeah. that's great um if we had that, a tagline for each episode that would be that, the one for it. this one yeah um mm -hmm. shout out to roger ebert for the the words of wisdom on that oh, um yeah. Well, we have some news to mm -hmm. close out this episode. Yep. Um, I mean, typically this would be the point where we pick next week's movie, but would you like to explain what next week's episode is going to be instead? Well, next week is a very special episode, a very special week, because there are two movies coming out that mm -hmm. I think we're all just dying to see. There's a great double feature, and we are going to... Do a little special episode for yes, that. Sir. And which movies are we going to talk about? It is going to be the Barbenheimer episode. Hell yeah. So get your tickets ready. Hope you already have yeah. them ready. Watch them. And then, hey, we're here. We'll be here. We'll discuss both films and have a great Cannot. time. Cannot wait. And it's it's out, I think, literally everywhere in the world this week for mm -hmm. both movies. Yep. So... I don't think there's any excuses from any listeners to be like, well, it's not out yet. And uh, I think it's literally out everywhere this week, this Thursday. This Thursday. Depending on when this episode is out, I think it'll be out before then. 
Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, okay, we're coming on Wednesday, so you yeah, hear tomorrow. It that. I hope yeah. you're ready. I think the hype has finally hit me this week for both because I got mm-hmm. the tickets for both this week. You do? So, yeah. You, how, you want to explain how you're going to watch them? Okay, so I am going to see Barbie first. Okay. Um, I'm going with two separate groups of people, which is mm-hmm. why. So I'm going on Thursday night um, with my lady to go see Barbie, which I'm very excited for. I can't wait. Um, which I hear the movie is not what people are expecting it to be which makes me mm-hmm. even more excited. I love that Noah Baumbach wrote it. Anyway, yep. um, and then on Saturday, I am going, or I'm sorry, on Sunday, because one of my homies I was going to go with is working on that Saturday. So on Sunday, I'll be a little late, a couple days late, mm-hmm. for maybe to you or to some others. Still valid. S- Sunday afternoon, going to the IMAX for Oppenheimer. Awesome. I'm going to try to watch them on the same day, on Hell Thursday, yeah. because tickets, you can't fight. Uh, you can for the premiere, but not on thursday yeah yeah i'm gonna try but you figured out a great one barbie with the lady oppenheimer with the boys with the boys that's the only Hell way yeah. well yeah. i'm very excited for next week i think it might be our magnum opus as a mm-hmm. podcast so far yeah um but super excited to talk about it and uh yeah guys go get your tickets for barbie and oppenheimer so you can listen in live and uh thanks to everyone who's listening and checking it out and uh, go right to Criterion or to the president and tell them that we need the Heartbreak Kid um, <laughs> released on like 4K yep. or something. We need it. We need that. <laughs> all right, buddy. Well, I'll talk to you next week. Another good app. Bye-bye. Until next week. See ya.